the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In John 4, verse 14, Jesus says, Whoever drinks of the water I give them will never thirst. And indeed, the water I give them will become a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. That is true freedom, as we'll see next, here on Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Today on Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner, we walk through Galatians chapter 5 together. You know, once God sets his love upon you, you can never be lost. Now let that sink in for just a moment. No matter how alone or lost you feel as you walk through this journey called life, once you get saved by Jesus Christ, you'll never be lost again. Find freedom through Christ today. Here's Pastor Gary Wagner with this edition of Abounding Grace. Listen to John 10, verse 28, where Jesus said, I give eternal life to them, and they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. Now, as far as I'm concerned, that is the clincher. Jesus said, I give eternal life to them the moment they believe. And those who I give eternal life to, when they believe, shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. Do you think anyone on earth has the power to break free from a hold that Christ has placed on them? No, because he is the almighty God incarnate. Here you have another verse that teaches us that those whom God saves, he keeps. Then there is Romans eleven twenty nine. The gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. I believe the King James Version says are without repentance. That is, once God gives you a gift, the gift of salvation, he calls you to himself, and he does not call back that gift. He doesn't revoke that calling. Romans eight thirty-eight through 39 Paul testifies and says, I am absolutely convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, principalities, nor things present, or things to come, nor towers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ. What is in creation? Everything but God. And everything, every created thing includes Satan. It includes all of the demons. It includes everything else, and there is nothing in all of creation that shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So you see, God is able to keep saving those whom he saves. Those whom God loves, he keeps under the power of that love throughout all eternity. Once God sets his love upon you, You can never be lost. 
because he said in Romans 8, nothing in time or eternity, in heaven and hell, in all of creation, shall separate us whom God loves from that love, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So how could these people fall from grace? Well, it's because we are sinners. And it is not that we fall from grace in terms of slipping through God's fingers, but in what we believe. We fall from a gospel of grace. If we believe the wrong things, this is what happens consistently. We're no longer in an area of grace. We're talking now about merit. If you believe that your standing with God depends upon you and upon Christ, well, consistently and logically, that separates you from Christ. You've fallen from grace. You're no longer talking about a gospel of grace. You're now talking about a gospel of merit and a gospel of works. You're backslidden from your original position. But those whom God truly saves, he keeps saving forever, although there may be spiritual ups and downs in our lives. And that's what happened to the Galatian Christians. But remember, Paul was confident that they would return. Yet meanwhile, for a time, they were confused, and Paul was threatening them and warning them. He said, if you continue believing these things until you die, this is going to be the logical, consistent result eternal death. God often keeps his people saved through threats. God does keep the saved by promises, but he also keeps his people saved by threats. The book of Hebrews is called a letter of threats and warnings because he consistently set his threats before them. In the book of Hebrews, it says, how shall you escape if you neglect so great a salvation? God uses these threats to keep those whom he saves saved. Because here is how someone who is really not saved may respond to those threatenings. He's got some false notion that being a Presbyterian means you're automatically in no matter how you live. So he reads these threats that say, whoever neglects so great a salvation will not be able to escape the condemnation of God. And he thinks, but I know that once saved, always saved. I know you can't fall from grace, so I'm not going to pay any attention to that. This doesn't have any impact on me. So I'm just going to continue to live the way I've been living. Oh, it may be a little sloppy, but I know I'm saved. And once you're saved, you're always saved, no matter what you do. Well, that's not the way a saved person responds to the threats of God. If anyone responds that way to God's threatening, and if you try to justify, be justified by faith, you've severed yourself from grace. You've fallen from grace, and in your heart of hearts, you are saying to yourself, boy, I don't know what he's talking about. That's not me. I know I'm not living like I should, but I, I know once saved, always saved. Well, that is a very good sign that you have never, ever embraced the gospel. Here is how a Christian responds to the threats of God. When God says to you, how shall you escape if you neglect so great a salvation? The true believer says, oh God, help me never to neglect so great a salvation. And Paul says, if you believe in justification by law and you get mixed up on this, 
It will cause you to be severed from Christ and fall from Christ. How does the believer then respond? Oh God, I don't ever want to be confused about this because I don't ever want to be severed from Christ. And you see it is by threatening that God keeps us saved. He knows that sometimes we need a promise. So he reminds us of great promises, eternal life, forgiveness of sins, being a child of God, and that motivates us. But sometimes we're just particularly lazy. And God can remind us of a promise and we say, okay, great. But we just keep going in a sluggish manner and God says, okay, how shall you escape if you neglect so great a salvation? Oh God, I don't want to be punished. I don't want to neglect it. So when God gives you a threat, that doesn't mean it is possible for saved people to be lost because by means of these threats and warnings, God keeps truly saved people, true believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, saved. So he is telling these people who for a while have been confused by these false teachers, watch out, you've made a decision now. You've let yourself be swept off your feet by these false teachers, and this is where it's getting you. But he is confident after warnings that they'll come back home and believe what they ought to believe because they are truly saved. So those whom God truly saves, he keeps them saved forever, although there may be spiritual up and downs. He will bring them back to himself one way or another before they die. But on the other hand, please listen to this, because this is the bite in it. There are many today who sincerely believe that God has saved them who have never been saved at all, because they have sincerely believed in the wrong gospel, that some, will, some well-intentioned person has presented to them. And you know what? To me, that is one of the greatest burdens of my life. One of the greatest sadnesses and griefs of my heart is to believe that in the church today in the United States of America, there are countless numbers of people in the millions who are certain that they are going to heaven because they made a decision. They've come forward during an altar call. They've asked Jesus into their hearts and all of these other things because some well-intentioned person said, now if you do this, don't ever doubt it, you're in. Then when they die, they receive the shock of their lives because they have lived their lives certain they were Christians because they did something. But they're not Christians at all because they believed in a wrong gospel. And Paul says, do you remember this? In the first chapter of Galatians, a wrong gospel is no gospel at all because the word gospel means good news about God. What is a wrong gospel? A wrong gospel is any gospel where it is like that of Roman Catholicism or Greek Orthodoxy or of much of modern-day Protestantism, liberal or conservative, that says, in so many words, the basis of my acceptance with God is Christ and something else. The basis of our acceptance with Christ is baptism and the Lord's Supper and all of these other sacraments of Rome. 
the basis of my acceptance with God is Christ and my appropriating it and making it effective by asking him into my heart as if there were something meritorious about that. I love what theologian Benjamin Warfield said. He said, it is not faith that saves. It is not faith in Jesus Christ that saves. It is Christ who saves through faith. So don't think that you're in because you put your faith in Jesus as if there is something meritorious and valuable about your big, wonderful faith. Your faith is an empty, opened, crippled, outstretched hand that you wouldn't have been able to stretch out if God, by His power, hadn't enabled you to receive the salvation He so graciously puts in that hand that was accomplished long before you were even born in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. The wrong gospel is to trust in Christ and anything else. I go to church a lot. I read the Bible a lot. I obey the law of God a lot. I take the Lord's Supper every Sunday. I put more than 10% in the offering plate. I love a lot. If you're counting on Christ and any of these things to get you in, you have fallen from grace. So then, if there are some or many out there who are deceived about their condition, and you could possibly be one of them, who have all of these years thought you were saved, when in fact you were not, even though you intensely believe a gospel someone told you was true, which is not true at all, where you say, but it's half true, it is all or nothing. A half true gospel is no gospel at all. You cannot mix in any way grace and human merit to any degree. So it is possible for people to be deceived about their standing with Almighty God. And how can you tell if you're really saved? How can you tell if you're a true believer and not simply deceived about your situation? Well, the first thing is, make sure that the gospel you're counting on is the gospel that we've been discussing of Paul and the gospel of Scripture. When anyone comes to you and tells you, this is the gospel, don't be afraid to compare what they say with the Word of God and what we have been talking about now for weeks. You know, I listen from time to time to preachers on TV and the Internet, and they are out there saying, this is the gospel that is going to save you. This is the gospel of the Bible. And then they invent some gospel that is not in the Bible at all, but they think it is, and everyone that listens to them are sure it is. But the gospel is not there at all. Now, how do you know whether or not the gospel you're banking your eternal destiny on is the true gospel? It has to be in this book, first of all. You read the book of Romans, read the book of Galatians, and make sure that what you believe about the gospel is exactly in accordance with what God says the gospel should be. Oh, you'll be intimidated, you will be challenged, you'll be threatened. But don't be afraid to study the Word of God and test what you believe is the gospel according to the Word of God. There's only one gospel, beloved, only one gospel that will save you. And it may not be the gospel you think is in the Bible. It may not be the gospel your preacher has told you is in the Bible. 
But the only gospel that can save you is the gospel that is truly in the Bible, a gospel of sovereign grace alone. Make sure that what you are banking your eternity on is not the figment of someone's imagination, but is based on the very word of God. Then having done that, look at your life and see if your life and character are that which a true believer is enjoying, a life of freedom in Christ. In verses 5 and 6, Paul gives us a description of a true believer. He tells us something about the life and experience of those true believers who are not being deceived, but who are enjoying true freedom in Christ and who will never perish. Notice what he says in verses 5 and 6. For we, through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. There is a description of a true believer who is not deceived. This is not someone who thinks he is a Christian, but who is not. This is a real Christian. This is someone whom Christ has set free for freedom. Look at each word. The verse begins with for or because, and he is telling you in verse 5, because of verse 4, that is, why is it that these Galatians yielded to false teachers and fell away from the gospel of grace? For because we, through the Spirit, In other words, they so easily yielded the false doctrine because they did not give due credit to the work of the Holy Spirit in their salvation. It is exactly the same today. In in denomination after denomination, in church after church, there are so many false doctrines for one reason, and that is people do not give due credit to the work of the Holy Spirit and the necessity of His work in a Christian's life before he can be saved. Not even in the charismatic movement. The charismatic movement that speaks so much about the Holy Spirit and about the filling of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Spirit does not give due credit to the work of the Holy Spirit. It says that we, through the Spirit by faith, we are true believers he is including himself here. Everyone, we, everything we are, we are through the Spirit. We were born of the Spirit, and that is why we became believers. It is not that we believed in Jesus, and then we were born of the Spirit. We were born of the Spirit so that we would be raised out of our spiritual death and be able to believe in Jesus. The Bible says in John 1, 12 and 13, that as many as received him, he gave the right to be called the children of God, even to those who believed in his name, who were born not of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, nor of blood, but who were born of God, or the Holy Spirit. Why did those who believed in him, believe in him? It was because they were born of God, not of flesh, nor of the exercise of the will. They were born of God. Unless you are born of the Spirit, you can't see to enter the kingdom of God, beloved. You can't make yourself a Christian and then hope the Spirit comes into your life. The Holy Spirit is the only one who can make a Christian out of someone. The Holy Spirit is the one who causes us to be born all over again. He's the one who calls us irresistibly in the Word of God. Why do you believe the Bible is the Word of God? It is because 
there was a time in your life when the Holy Spirit bore testimony to your heart and powerfully persuaded you of the divine authority of God's word. And now that you are a Christian, having been born again by God's spirit, you live in the strength and the assistance of the Holy Spirit day by day. And you're being sanctified by his power. The Holy Spirit is the life-giving power of God within us, enabling us to live for God in submission to his revealed will. Paul said in Philippians, work out your salvation with fear and trembling in your everyday life, for it is God that works in you to will and to do his good pleasure, to give you the will and the ability to do what pleases him. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit. That is through the Holy Spirit. Everything we are and have as Christians, we have through the Holy Spirit. He made us Christians. He, he keeps us Christians. He molds us more and more every day into the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. He helps us root out the old and put to death those old habits that once dominated us. He helps us to produce and cultivate within us the great gifts of the Spirit, those Christ-like virtues. And we constantly live in the superabundant, supernatural resources of the Spirit of God, depending upon Him who lives within us and who will never leave us to enable us to resist sin and to obey His Word from the heart. Now, if that is you, you are not deceived. If that is you, you can never be lost. Never. For we, through the Spirit, by faith. That is the second mark of a true believer, if he is a believer, and he never stops being a believer. That is what the Holy Spirit gives and does and is received by faith, which is also a gift of the Holy Spirit to his children. Our faith, both in its beginning and throughout our lives, is a Spirit-given, Spirit-sustained gift. And a believer is someone who constantly looks to Jesus Christ for the daily application of the blessings and the power of salvation to his life. He trusts in him. He never trusts in himself. Day by day, he looks to Christ, and he looks away from himself. And he cries out to Christ to give him what he can't produce himself. But he knows he has to do to live for Christ every day. And because he has faith, that faith is directed to the word of God. You can't separate faith from submission to the word of God, beloved, because faith always has three ingredients to it. That is true saving faith. It has understanding. There is something you've got to believe, and that is the content of the gospel. Second, it includes assent. That is, you not only have understanding, but because the Holy Spirit's enlightenment of the gospel of Christ, but because of the persuasion of the Holy Spirit within your heart, you have assent to it. You believe it. This is true. You trust, or better, you entrust yourself and your future to the gospel of God. Every day of your life, you walk by faith and not by sight. Now, to walk by faith and not by sight doesn't mean to walk with your heads in the clouds, sitting around thinking about heaven all the time. To walk by faith means to, by faith, walk in the word of God. Not to walk by faith in whatever you want to believe. Well, I want to believe today that God is going to 
give me a brand new Mercedes. I have faith today that God is going to heal me. I'm going to walk by faith and believe whatever I tell God I want to believe. Of course, that is not faith. That is rebellion. You don't dictate to God. You believe and obey and walk by whatever he has written in his word. And you're only able to do so because of the freedom Christ won for you through his death, resurrection, his life, death, and resurrection, to believe and to obey. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. As we have closed out our time together today, I would remind you that our desire is to know how this program encourages you in Christ. Now, there are a couple of three ways that you can contact us to provide us with this information. And again, it would really encourage us a great deal if you'd take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how to contact us. Phone number is 408 408- Eight six six five six zero seven. That's four zero eight eight six six five six zero seven. Our website, where you can drop us an email and even learn a bit more about us, is reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, you can write to us at PMB. That stands for Post Mailbox Number four zero two fourteen eighty four Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is nine five zero three two. Now, there is another way you can contact us, and this would be the best of all, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Plan on visiting. Let us uh, fellowship face-to-face, as it were. We meet at Lone Hill Church, 2 in the afternoon on Sundays at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org, or by calling 408-866-5607. By the way, copies of the broadcast are just $5. Mention today's date when you contact us, and we'll get a CD out to you right away. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.